Good morning and welcome to another episode of Kings and Queens, the podcast where we read, watch, play, and discuss history's favorite scream queens and literary kings of horror. I am your host, Nat, and this week we are diving into chapter 15 of Stephen King's Holly. I know it seems like it's going slow, folks, and I do apologize for that. There's a small chance I might start doing this twice a week to get things going for you. I am about 200 pages ahead of where this podcast is, and my God, is it juicy. I promise if you stick it out, it's worth it. As a reminder, when you hear this sound, that means I have stopped reading from the text and am instead discussing thoughts, interpretation, things like that. When the sound replays, that means the mic is back to the author. And again, folks, bear with me. This is like a two-page chapter, so it's going to be a short one this week. Without further ado, let's begin Chapter 15 of Holly. Chapter 15, February 8th, 2021, page 131. January has been bitterly cold, but February brings unseasonably warm temperatures, as if to make up for three weeks of lake effect snow and teeth-clattering near-zero weather. On this Monday afternoon, with the mercury in the mid-50s, Roddy Harris decides to rid the Subaru wagon of the built-up incrustations of salt, which will eventually rot out the rocker panels and undercarriage if allowed to stay. M suggests he take it to the drive and shine on the airport extension, but Roddy says he'd rather get out in the fresh air while the fresh air is bearable. She asks about his arthritis. He insists it isn't bothering him, says he feels fine. Not bothering you now, M says, but you'll be moaning about it tonight, I bet, and you'll be stuck with Fenge because the good stuff is down to dribs and drabs. We should save what's left for an emergency. If my back or your neck locks up again, is what she means. I'll wear my gloves, he tells her, and M sighs. Roddy is a dear man, the light of her life. But when he decides to do something, there's no swaying him. This almost gives me hope that Roddy is the sole driving force behind this horrific act that they're doing to preserve vitality. In, in my opinion, very futilely. But um, maybe he was being a stubborn man, and M may have been resistant. Perhaps it's placebo effect, perhaps there was actual relief, but whatever it was may have changed her mind, but this gave me a little bit of hope that she might not be evil. However, when we think about the rest of the stuff she said, is she redeemable? Mm, unclear. He enters the garage by the back door, gets the hose, and attaches it to the faucet bib on the right side of the house. Then he returns to back the car out. There are three buttons on the garage wall. One opens the left bay, where the van they seldom used is parked. One opens the right bay, home to the Harris's Subaru runabout. The third button opens both bays, and Roddy has an irritating habit of pushing that one. Because it's in the middle instead of at the bottom or top, is what he tells himself when both doors go rattling up instead of the one he wants. It's not forgetfulness, it's just bad design, pure and simple. Additional weakness that I don't think we saw present before with Rodney. Um, maybe some Alzheimer's? I can't even say it's early onset, as this man is in his late 80s, but perhaps he's got some cognitive deficiencies going on as well. He gets in the wagon and backs to where the hose is waiting with the spray attachment already screwed on. Roddy is looking forward to this little chore. He loves the way the high-pressure blast cleans away the caked-on clots of road salt. He lifts the nozzle, then stops. 
There's someone standing at the head of the driveway, looking at him. She's a pretty girl, wearing a red coat and a matching knitted scarf and hat. Her face mask is also red, and so are her galoshes. A Christmas present, as it happens, because the girl has admired her good friend Holly's pair on several occasions. In one hand, she's holding a slim file folder against her chest. Holly does not have many lady friends, and Penny Doll is not one I would consider a friend. She is a client. This is Barbara. This is Jerome's little sister. Right in the hands of the villains. Are you Professor Harris? She asks. I am indeed, he says. One second, young lady. He opens the driver's door of the Subaru. The remote for the garage is clipped to the visor. This one has two buttons instead of three. He pushes one and the left-hand door trundles down, enclosing the van. He doubts she even noticed it. It's him she's looking at, but always safe, never sorry. He approaches her with a little smile and holds out a hand. Mostly these days, she greets people with a COVID-aware elbow bump, but he's wearing gloves and she's wearing mittens. Not really necessary on a day this warm, nor is the scarf, but the ensemble makes a fashion statement, so it's okay. What can I do for you this fine, mild day? Barbara Robinson smiles. It's actually your wife I was hoping to see. I wanted to ask her about something. Based on the folder she's holding so protectively to her bosom, he guesses it's the writer's workshop she's interested in. He could tell her that she's probably too young for the program. Most of the wannabe writers who attend are in their 20s and 30s. He could also tell her it seems more and more likely that there won't be a workshop program this fall. Jim Shepard has passed, and few other pro-writers have expressed an interest. The department's current scribbler-in-residence, Henry Stratton, has also turned down a return engagement. He told English department head Rosalind Burkhart that the idea of remote learning in an intensive writing program was absurd. According to Emily, who got it from Rosalind, Stratton said it would be like making love while wearing boxing gloves. But let M give pretty little Red Riding Hood the bad news. He is just a humble and retired biology prof. I'm sure she'll be happy to speak with you, miss. I'm Barbara, Barbara Robinson. Very nice to meet you, Barbara. Just ring the bell. My wife is elderly, but her hearing is acute. Barbara smiles at this. Thank you. She starts off the walk to the house, then turns back. You should do your van, too. My dad had one when I was little, and the muffler fell off on the interstate. He said the salt ate right through it. So she did see it, Ronnie thinks. I really have to be more careful. I appreciate the tip. Just as the old poet way back in chapter one was the only one to witness Jorge Castro, you know, unknowingly being driven away in that van, I feel like this is going to be a significant moment later in the book. Would she remember? Did she see anything she shouldn't have seen? Roddy thinks not. Roddy thinks Little Red Riding Hood, aka Barbara Robinson, is only interested in whatever uncut gems of writing she's carrying in her folder dreaming of being the next Toni Morrison or Alice Walker. But he will have to be even more careful in the future. All the fault of that button in the wrong place, he thinks. Idiotic engineering. My memory is fine. It's kind of eerie to see the denial and desperation kind of brewing within the Harrises. I feel like it will make them slip up more. Haste makes waste, you know, the typical old adage. But um, for all their aversion of 
getting old and preserving vitality. He's starting to lose it. He turns on the hose and directs it at the side of the Subaru. The salt begins to wash away, revealing the gleaming green paint beneath. He was looking forward to this, but now not so much. The girl, pretty as she is in her red gear, has darkened his mood. Barbara gives him a final wave, goes up the front walk, and rings the bell. The door opens and M stands there, looking no more than 70 in a green silk dress, her hair fresh from the beauty parlor that morning. Hair today is supposed to be closed because of the pandemic, but Helen makes exceptions for longtime customers who tip well through the year and remember her at Christmas. Yes, may I help you? I wonder if I could talk to you. It's about... Barbara gulps. It's about writing. M looks in the folder, then gives Barbara an apologetic smile. If it concerns the writer's workshop, they are not taking any new applications. The fall-winter program is rather up in the air, I'm afraid. The sickness, you know. No, it's not that. Emily gazes at her visitor for a moment. Pretty, sturdy, obviously healthy, and, of course, young. She looks over the girl's shoulder and sees Roddy looking at them as the hose sprays the driveway. That will freeze if the temperature drops tonight, she thinks. You should know better. Then she returns her eyes to the girl in red. What's your name, my dear? Barbara Robinson. Well, Barbara, why don't you come inside and tell me what it is about? She stands aside. Barbara walks into the house. M closes the door. Roddy continues washing the trim green wagon. End of chapter 15. So a short chapter, but still, I think, incredibly vital. And that's, I mean, a testament to King's literary prowess. I really do feel like it's the little things that make these things so spooky. Tiny details. What I really liked at the end there is we see M starting to get a little frustrated with Roddy and that comment, the you should know better, makes me think that one, I mean, she's annoyed with him, and two, is she aware of the mild deteri deterioration in Roddy? Is she aware? Does she resent it? Is she going to do anything about it? Will it change her mind about what they're doing? I do also so love the short staccato sentences at the end of each chapter. It, it has a resounding finality to it. M closes the door. Barbara walks inside. Roddy washes the car. It's all meant to raise suspense, and I love it. I'm here for it. Thank you, as always, for joining me, and join me again next Sunday. We'll dive right into chapter 16. Just remember, it's all a bunch of hocus-pocus, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Please don't hesitate to interact as well. If you think my interpretation is wrong, you want to have a nice, healthy discussion about it, I am here for open discussion and debate. I love dissecting Stephen King's work. Please tell me your thoughts. I'm here for you.